0: Hey everybody, welcome to this episode, special episode, of the X-Podcast. How are my friends doing, Tim and Russ? I'm good. You threatened to start your own. He did. When you guys weren't here. I was going to start <laughs> my own podcast. fired before this episode. <laughs> the yes. Tim
1: Moore Show. The Tim Moore
2: Podcast. Well, what would you talk about? Formerly known as the X-Podcast. Oh, well, I was going to talk about my book that I wrote here and... <laughs> And how good it is It's got your last name on it
0: Yes it does It's a big deal In the flesh Here it is We got
2: Russ's book finally
0: The Wilderness of Hope The
2: Wilderness, the Wilderness of, of Hope Fly fishing, Fly fishing guy American America West
0: That was a good joke I
2: uh, <laughs> Through all the pain To all the promise We got a
1: copy of your book It's crazy It's here Finally released How does it feel copy. to
0: open that box
1: You know I, I actually thought I would cry I did. You look like you were about to cry <laughs> Yeah what's um? See what what happened, that was actually the if, if you've if been following the journey, Tucker filmed me opening it um, for the second time.
0: Uh, the first time,
1: I, I had FaceTime so Tucker staged. on staff. Yeah. but it was, but it felt real again. I actually felt more emotional the second time. But the first time um, I Facetime Tucker's on staff, because uh, he was going to film that moment, mm-hmm. and uh, then I didn't realize he would tell his whole, his whole team came down, and then all, all, basically all our staff came down for that moment. It was cool. really special. Really cool. Pretty awesome.
2: So, so. you released the book. We sold a bunch of them here this weekend at our church. This past
1: weekend, Actually, special weekend. Out, by the time this yeah. comes out, so what have the you done to weekend, celebrate but, though? Let's yeah. talk about that. Well, it's been weird because I haven't known what to uh, what to plan or what to do. I mean, the 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 day before it came out online, we had rushed a shipment here. And that night, I had several people ask me, what are you doing tonight to celebrate? And I was like, I don't know, but I guess I should do something. This is going to sound probably really depressing to some people, but as busy as the season's been, I went by myself to this little Latin American restaurant that uh, Vanessa from the church has been telling me about. And it's out in Gahanna and uh, ate a ton of empanadas and uh, had some meal. And then I went and saw the new Bond movie, and it was uh, heaven. It was amazing. I loved it. What's this Latin American the place? Food it's the food was called El, El Arapaso. It's in Gahana. It's Al amazing. Paso. El Arapaso.
0: El Paso. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yes. Spanish.
1: So yes, it is. I have Friends. all. I've been on this endless search for empanadas that are as good as the ones from Argentina. This yeah. one came close. It was yeah. really good. No, that's
2: mm-hmm. nice. Nice. Yeah. I didn't think the Bond movie was that great.
1: And then you
0: said it was. Are you
1: bad. kidding me? That was the best Bond movie they've ever made. Okay. Did you like it? I haven't seen it. You've got to see it it's it's so good. I didn't anymore. think it was the best. It was okay. I, I watched Disney best.
0: Princess movies. That's what I'm oh. into right now. Mm. Yeah. At least well, they what else should I do? The jungle what I do? Is good. I don't know, man. I think I, I think you did a pretty good job. Empanadas in the movie sounds great. It was great. But it's just super proud of you. This yeah, I appreciate
2: it. And I know you've been busy. It's been, been insane. Just, there's a lot of people been reaching out and been some pretty cool stories that you've gotten from people already. Yeah, to anybody
1: listening that's um been a part of the journey i've i've said it and um just on socials but i've been blown away by the kindness of everybody Mm -hmm. it's been uh it's been overwhelming so thank you to everybody that's reached out that's purchased uh shameless plug if you haven't yet would love for you to get a copy give it to someone it was cool i I was having dinner with somebody last night i saw one on the kitchen table and i was like oh you got the book it just feels weird it's still very surreal and he's like oh yeah this is my last one just for starters i grabbed five because people around me need hope and uh, so that was just, this the stories so coming cool. back are really, yeah. really encouraging. That's pretty awesome.
0: So like people who run these marathons, right, you get done and, and they can't wait to run the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people feel like that and some people feel like I'm never doing that again. So are you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you started your next book? Yeah. Have you thought about your next book or are you never, ever writing a book again?
1: <laughs> so I am, I am somewhere in between because <laughs> when, when, when I had started, I have a list actually on my phone of 10 books I'd like to write before I die. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely want to write another one. But before when I before I really dove into just the nitty-gritty of the minutiae of the editing process and the bookmarking, the promotion and all the craziness, I was like, oh I'm just gonna do the, the Stephen King assembly line thing. Start this, put this on the back burner, and while I wait to edit that, I'm gonna start my new one. But after going through all this, I think I wanna I wanna finish the launch strong. Cause they say the first three weeks of a book being launched are the most important for predictor of its success. Mm-hmm. I wanna finish the launch strong. And uh, rest and yeah. reprioritize a few other things for a season and eventually. But right now, I'm good. Right now, <laughs> I just um, I hope this does well. I hope it encourages a ton of people. And I'm gonna rest and try to uh, get a little bit of normalcy of routine back. There's a difference between writing a book and <laughs> releasing a book. There is. I did, it sounds obvious, but mm. I never thought about it. I yeah. never. The whole time I'm writing it, I never uh, thought about the actual selling and promoting of it, mm-hmm. um, and the launching of it. Yeah, that's hard. That is crazy. Break time. So it's weird because um, it, you know you mentioned this I think last time, but it's just crazy to think about even a year ago the things that the three of us were talking about, mm-hmm. and uh, just to watch uh, some of them. And we have it in our hands now. That's crazy. Physical. So get a copy
2: of Hope for the Wilderness. You can get it on Amazon, mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble, you can wherever books are sold, but get it
1: on Amazon. Hardback Amazon. coming out. Hardback, soon. hardback coming. Yes. Out yes. By the time you this podcast. Yes. E- ebook. Kindle and e-book? hardback will be out Audio by the time books? this. So I'm, i I talked to somebody this morning, actually. Nice. Uh, talked to a company called Lightburn or something, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at hopefully getting an audio book uh, done by the end of the year. Yeah, That's you should. Awesome. You should have
2: like a British woman. Should I do it? That'd be awesome. There's just something about. Yeah, it. I just like British accents. just, or just you know, just a soothing accent. No, you don't think my accent? I think is yours soothing? is great. I'm just okay. kidding. I, I I'm I listen to a ton of Audibles, and I always prefer the author. Yeah. I Absolutely. always prefer the author. I just feel like they, and I, one of my favorite things too in Audible's cuz I listen to a bunch of them is that when you get authors and I've seen ones that are written and they change it for
0: Audible, right? Mm-hmm. They add little they stuff. add stuff and oh, they ad-lib
2: cool. things and they do it and they just not just read it. I always like that. That's that's my favorite part of them.
0: Are you going to read your own book for enjoyment or do you feel like you have <laughs> the whole thing etched in your head?
1: You know, there's those moments that you I would never simple. I wouldn't want to go
0: back. I, yeah. geez, I'm having
1: a hard time going back and looking at my my manuscript now. I'd want yeah. nothing to do with it. You'll you'll feel you'll feel different once it's finally in a format that yeah. you um are finally proud of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you you know, I was the thing I was telling you, but all of the moments that i finally allowed myself to annoy my publisher and i was just very just neurotic about spacing and about how i wanted everything um i mean i had to skip a third party proof so there are mistakes in it um but the way it turned out um as perfectionistic and self critical as i am i'm really uh, I, if i can say this way i'm proud of it yeah and so nice. when you finally get it in a format that's like how you envisioned It it is weird. I I don't know that I'll ever go back and read the whole thing, Mm -hmm. but I won't lie. I don't know if this is just narcissistic or human, but there's been you know there's moments where I'll I'll get up and I I have a couple copies on the kitchen table because I want to give them away. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm like. You pick it up and you look through it and it's it's so it's a weird feeling. It's Why surreal. are you staring
0: at the forward you wrote while he's <laughs> talking?
1: Yeah, just, I was looking. <laughs> I was looking at something that was just like what what before. Did, did what I, like, what did I just at do? The forward. Yeah, oh, there so, was something. I was if you don't buy <laughs> it for any other reason, uh, Tim or the forward, this is really funny. Before you walked in, Hannah was sitting there and Hannah's like, "Yeah, I, I read um, the introduction, of the first couple <laughs> <laughs> chapters." And, and he goes, "Did you not read the forward?" She goes, oh, <laughs> no, I read it. Yeah,
2: he, like how do you skip the forward? And,
1: I don't even get that. Most important I was offended part. by that. No, that's good. Stuff. So I sit right here and read it.
2: <laughs> so I want to, th-
1: I want to thank both of you guys. So Kevin, um, gifted it five million different things, but built the website and helped me with a ton of stuff, mm-hmm. um, some social stuff, but website. And uh, you just have been crazy generous with your platform to champion it and celebrate it, and, mm-hmm. and well, we're and, proud uh, of you. Big accomplishment. we writing a book, and then I do think that the message in it will help bring hope
2: to people. It's a yeah. It's a great book. It's got a lot of great stories, and you're a great writer. So, thank you.
0: We're excited for it. It is. See fun. where it goes. It is fun. I've had a blast. I've never had a friend that's written a book, so it's been awesome. <laughs> so, uh, speaking about messages that are intended to help people, mm. <coughs> how that was is that interesting segue? <laughs> mm. That was a. Oh man, today. Uh, <laughs> today, want we'll to have a conversation, just kind of as a primer, maybe. It's um, as a post first week primer post primer primer of the previous why don't you explain it <laughs> <laughs> i think you're doing a great job this I is enjoyable do it i don't know oh no you know right. I mean? go ahead okay uh yeah so you started a new series this weekend my <laughs> favorite part of it was the bumpers of it mm. yes. amazing That's absolutely... that is my favorite bumper we've ever done yeah. yes <laughs> jack watches like it Over and over again every night. He goes, can I watch that that first episode? Can I watch the second episode? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, for those of you that haven't seen it, you better go watch it. It's my kid being super smart, which he obviously got from his dad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Or YouTube, either one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's It's a series basically talking about the origins of, how would you put it? um just origins okay not the origins of well i guess it is yeah. god, god faith god, science science Bible. yeah you a should start like
1: a, the origins of type podcast mm. the origins
0: of yeah only there was one of those that already exists mm. there <laughs> is mm. there's a few so you're getting ready for this uh people will be listening to this not to let the cat out of the bag people will be listening to this after the first week yep yep but you are right now preparing for the first week mm. yeah i mean i'm
2: I finished the first week already. I'm working on the second week. Okay. I got a jump start, and I needed it. You've been preparing for this series for a long time. Yes, a very long time. A year and a half? At least. Maybe more than that. You've been half. talking 20 about 20 it months. for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been preparing for a very long time. And so it's actually, I'm glad I got a jump start. So mm-hmm. the series that you did in there helped give me a little bit of space to get a jump start. Because mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. this second week is kicking my butt. Really? So Yeah. I mean, so? It's, just, it's just It's just a lot to figure out how to figure out what to present, what not to present, yeah. and how to kind of walk through something. So, But it's been, it's been a, a fun process and something I am personally – I mean, if, you, if, if somebody wasn't, like, in a way passionate about these things, you would never do this. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, there's some stuff with science and other things that I've just always loved. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love the intersection of faith and science, mm-hmm. which is often, in many people's uh, minds, more like a uh, really awful wreck. <laughs> right. Is if there's an intersection of faith and science, and then there's a lot of people that believe that they never cross, you know, and they never intersect. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like, um, you know, approaching um, some things that people maybe don't approach and doing it with a, a fresh perspective. Uh, you know, I think one of the reasons why, and so I guess you, you could say origins is um, I'm kind of trying to bring two worlds together. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're all asking the same questions. I mean, we have sciences because we ask questions. And mm-hmm. That's why science exists, mm-hmm. to observe, to experiment, to come up with theories, you know, and try to prove hypothesis, things like that. And so you've got, um, you know, I think, but, but collectively as humans, we ask these questions. You know, you, where, did, where did we come from and how did our universe get here and is there a God? And how can we know that? Um, and then the last half of it, I'm going to be turning it specifically to uh, Christianity and talking about um, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, where did he come from and the, the, the claim that he had of divinity and how is that founded and then the last week we'll talk about the Bible a little bit because that's, a, I think, a, a big question. And so I think these are, these are subjects that um, m- maybe not everybody about the last, but the first few weeks I think there are subjects everybody, everybody asks at some point. How we yeah. answer those is, is drastically different.
0: It's crazy how everybody has that yearning in their soul, right, of mm-hmm. where do we come from, why are we here. Mm-hmm. Even I've probably discussed it on this podcast before but that, you know, I've heard Elon Musk talk about it. Oh, mm-hmm. Why are you so passionate about, you know, multi-planetary exploration? Mm-hmm. It's... You know, I will say... Um, he said to find out the meaning of life. That's what he said. Yeah, to, I think... I, love that. I think,
2: too, you know, some of the things that I've heard Elon Musk and some of the others say, before I kind of really set off for almost two years just trying to really deeply explore what, you know, where some of the ideas have come from they make a lot more sense now Mm that they they, i think before it would have been easy to write off Mm -hmm. um you know the just the idea like i think elon musk has been one that has you know the search for extraterrestrial life Mm -hmm. you know that falls in a category of for you know a lot of people being um you know it's it's fictitious it's kind of like i don't fantasy it's kind of all this but when you kind of dive into the world of science you actually find where some of the scientists other people actually why they believe it
1: Mm -hmm. and where they've come from in those was there any part of you that was nervous to go on that search like i feel like for some reason a lot of people of faith are nervous to really pursue the sciences um i There have been times
2: where you know um, I think I think one of one of the things that that has been helpful was kind of making sure that I am um, taking in I'm taking in not just from one source or two sources, but a variety of sources Mm -hmm. and different fields, Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of important because you can easily I mean. some of these writers are very convincing. Richard Dawkins has, you know, his book, The God Delusion. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he he presents some things, you know, and, and some of it is just the way they use arguments and things. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you sometimes you can. He's a I great logician. You, He's a, yeah, yeah, and I think you can do that. People do that in faith, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a pastor, a preacher, I mean, there are ways and, you know, you kind of present something where there is no other option. Mm-hmm. And you know he tends to do that in a lot of the, his writing and the way he does that. And so I think if you're, if you're not aware of that, yeah. it can it could maybe feel like oh yeah. my gosh, this just blew up my
1: world. Mm-hmm. What there's a what, proverb. Sorry, there's a proverb I always love that I always try to keep in mind. I'm trying. I can't remember what verse it is, but it says when you first hear an argument, it sounds mm-hmm. uh, uh, an, an argument sounds however it phrases it right at right first, first until you finally hear. Uh, the other side. It almost uses courtroom language. Yeah. And it is that way, isn't it? In almost anything in life. Like when you first hear the argument, it's, it's like, oh my gosh, that's the way. Yeah. Until you actually hear the opposing view.
2: Yeah. there, There's, um, you, you know, you can hear some really convincing arguments in certain areas. Um, if you take in the whole collective and understand it, you know, as convincing as that argument was for whatever it could be, whether it's an evolutionary biology or, or whatever, you go over here and then read another argument or read another book, and I've read some by brilliant, brilliant scientists mm-hmm. um, who will give you a completely different perspective and say this is why this doesn't even come close to answering that. Mm-hmm. And so what I found is kind of interesting. If you read enough uh, uh, books in these fields, you'll find that a lot of them write books back and forth at each other. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, literally, mm-hmm. you know, I read The Devil's Delusion, um, <laughs> and which is, uh, you know, by, I think, Ber- Berlinski, and as a mathematician, I think, and some other things. And so, um, it, it, you know, again, he's writing that in response to The God Delusion, mm-hmm. you know. or So, so it kind of goes back and forth. And so you kind of find all of these people who are just, it's kind of funny because it, mm-hmm. oh, in many ways, it, it's kind of passive-aggressive. Some are more aggressive. Some are passive-aggressive. I think that book, um, that was kind of a fun one, um, the, the Devil's Delusion. It wasn't passive-aggressive. He was, he was just straight yeah. up. I mean, he just and, – and he was – it was satirical. It was well, – Looks like Christopher
1: Hitchens had the, um, the blind watchmaker, and you talked no. about Dawkins. I thought that was Hitchens. Mm-mm. Dawkins. Because you said I there was, was one. another one made that was like the deaf shoe designer or something. <laughs> <laughs> Chop. What are you doing? No. Knowing he's going to get your
2: comedy.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see that? That was Richard Dawkins I mean, again, who wrote the blind watchmaker. I, I read that out, book. It'll that be was a little bit late, like, but – did you guys see that Blue Origin launch today? Yeah. No. It was uh, yeah. William Shatner. William Shatner,
2: 90 yeah. years old. Oldest person going to space. Original
0: space trek. Yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah. Captain, Captain James Kirk. T. Kirk going mm-hmm. back to space. Mm-hmm. I, I it was crazy, know. though, because he comes down, and they had the, You saw there. the whole thing, like, up and— Well, so already I kind of had caught it while they were descending. So, okay. Uh, I didn't even know it was today, so I was like, oh, my God, what happened? Did they crash? But it came That's down— That's Bezos and, Project, yeah, right? Blue Origin? Bezos mm-hmm. Project, yeah. and— and he came down, and, and they got him, like, right when they came out of the capsule. They got the cameras there, and he's just speechless, you know, and trying to explain what he just experienced and how it just changed his whole perspective of everything. And so it was just really cool to see the wonder in his eyes. And How far did you go? The uh, they, edge of space. They went yeah, 100 kilometers they, right to the edge, I think. Yeah, so they have, like, four minutes of weightlessness or something like that, but they're outside the atmosphere or one of the layers of the atmosphere. I can't remember. But fascinating. Hmm. And there's something about—I'm not saying that space is the only type of science, obviously. I'm just mm. talking about the mm-hmm. the exploration of our origin and yeah. how it all mm-hmm. works together, how it mm-hmm. makes sense. There's just awe and wonder because the part that I struggle with as a Christ follower is I just don't know if I could ever understand yeah. all of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, why do I even engage mm-hmm. in some of it? Mm-hmm. And, and mm. so— It's I, a great question. You know, that's, that's probably my dilemma. I
2: think— so.
0: So I think that's part of what
2: I consider my job in doing this. Um, And I think that's been a little bit of the challenge is, you know, I, again, science is not my primary field of study. I mean, I'm a pastor, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's in ministry, it's in the Bible, it's in leadership, Mm -hmm. it's in those things. And, and so um, I, I, I enjoy it. I'm fascinated by it. I love learning. So for me, there there's been a, a massive learning curve just because I wanted to really dive into what are some of the arguments for and against mm-hmm. you know different uh, a basically uh, a theistic and a materialistic viewpoint mm-hmm. and um, I, it's been a massive massive learning curve now m- most people aren't, aren't going to probably care about most of this stuff. What I h- am hoping to do through this series is to take what I've learned. And then repackage it in a way that people can process it. and why it matters and, and, and why it matters and try to put together uh, a little bit of the journey of science and what what developments there are and you know um kind of i i do think that if you follow the last five six hundred five hundred years really mostly um there's just been it's been an explosion of science
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and really more so in the last hundred. I mean, you go to the last hundred, and it's just insane what we've been able to develop. Mm-hmm. And technology, which has enabled us to actually discover new things. And um, I, I, I think it's a great field. I love science, but I think it's also a mixture of science. It's a mixture of philosophy. It's a mixture of... You have to do, have to do all of that when you're talking about really big questions about life. Mm-hmm. It's not just science. And so I think I can bring a little bit of a perspective that is able to step out of... You know, I think as a scientist... You're, you're stuck in it. Usually, most scientists too, you're going to be an expert in a field. Mm-hmm. So, I've read, you know, stuff that physicists to biologists, mathematicians, philosopher, um, you know, chemist, um, just a variety of different things. And it's just, they all have their own, it's, it's got its own unique um, approach to the same question. Mm-hmm. Like, what is what is chemistry? What is molecular biology telling us about our origin um, versus taxonomy? What does that have to do with it?
1: Because it's... Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, like people not. just doing your taxes. And it's like, what does that do with stars? Right. Exactly. Have we always
0: paid 30%?
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that version of taxon, Fascinating taxonomy. Fascinating
0: how you're going to interweave all that.
2: <laughs> so, anyway, so, yeah, we're going to talk about taxes a little bit and stuff, so... Oh,
0: man. <laughs> That's hilarious. But I do, so I think it helps because... When you are a Christ follower, right, and you encounter people who have these really
1: mm-hmm.
0: real questions and real struggles, like, well, yeah. it may not be my struggle to overcome these hurdles of, mm-hmm. you know, um, how long has the earth been here? Like, I, I spend about zero time of my life thinking about how long the earth has been here. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's probably just my makeup, right? But a lot of people, that might be their barrier yeah, to existing in a way... To, uh, how about this? It might be their barrier to... Having an encounter with, mm-hmm. you know, the Jesus we say we have an encounter with. Mm-hmm. And so there's a huge value to it. And not to have all the answers, but right. to have places to guide people. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you seem like somebody who's tried to talk a couple of scientists into faith <laughs> yeah. before. So why don't you share? Oh, yeah. Something? Believe it or
1: not, I don't know if I told you this, and it will be nothing compared to what you've done, but um, the third or fourth message I did in Lexington was a message about this. We did a whole series on science. Hmm. And I got family members that are just stupid sm- i mean brilliant mm-hmm. and you know in masters and phd programs and um and i've had a passion for science when i was in the i mean i joke about it when i was in the third grade i saw the movie contact for the first time in theaters jody foster mm-hmm. and uh, matthew mcconaughey <laughs> and i walked out with just that i think that was the first time i walked out with like the 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 awe of the immensity of the universe mm-hmm. and my smallness, but just this wonder and mystery and fascination. And I spent my elementary school years studying astronomy and the stars and the planets, supernovas and writing. This is my, or my writing nerd site. Also writing reports about the different stars and, and, and solar systems. And, um, and then that blended into my obsession with dinosaurs and all that, but that's a different topic. Mm-hmm. But, um, but then, you know, and then you go into Game My Life to Jesus, and then Lee Strobel, all his books come out, mm-hmm. um, which they have their place. But then, you know, there's some, there's, I mean, there, then you go into this era where there's like the four horsemen of scientists. The I know it was the book by, by Chris Hitchens, God is Not Great. Mm-hmm. That was his, yeah, and him and Dawkins and Sam, Sam Harris and all those guys. And Daniel Dennett. Um, those are the four horsemen. And Daniel Dennett. Mm-hmm. And then I have family members that, uh, some of which who are going into ministry, but uh, they always talk about, I have a family member, he would quote this line from Sleepy Hollow, where the guy is like trying to, he said, why can't you just believe? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and he says, look, he says, I am beat down by reason.
2: Mm-hmm. And I had a family
1: member say, I feel beat down by reason. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what I used to believe has been thrown out to the wolves of reason and there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. And so I went, especially Lexington, through Dark Nights of the Soul, just reading science books and, uh, and, and going into all that. And I, think, um, and I think some people come to the place where it's, and I think it's a little too simplistic. I heard Donald Miller. I remember reading a Donald Miller book about 10 years ago, and I'll never forget. He started a chapter where he said, he goes, I used to do the thing where I would just worry about science. He goes, but then I realized that it stopped being about science a long time ago, and it became about who's smarter than who. And honestly, mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. That's a little too simplistic because there are there That's is some, I feel. <laughs> There is such a thing as truth and and mm-hmm. um and, and and all my rambling to say though for me I think I've come to the place where I'm always going to have an interest in science mm-hmm. and I just think it's fascinating and I actually think there's a lot of science that can drive us closer to the wonder of the creator and how detailed he is and I think there's also parts of science um I think there's also parts of just realizing that like you talked about, like the reason sciences exist is because people ask questions. Mm-hmm. I think that's true with a little bit of caveat. I think the reason science exists is because people ask how questions. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think the reason philosophy and spirituality exists is because people ask why questions. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's important in, in right. approaching life is to realize that every field can only answer what it's asking. Right,
0: and geography because people ask where questions. Yes. I like that. like that? I like That's that. Really I like, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I like that. So it, let's, I, I think that it would be fun, and uh, maybe you've already mentioned it uh, in the weekend experience or something, but to gather questions mm-hmm. and really yeah. to, to discuss more deeply like the specific, really just to grill you two as I sit here <laughs> and give you the questions. But I want to start with a question today. What is the um, – oh, is it called a nebulum? What, what, nebula? What, nebula? No, the, the – Which one? The – The, like, alien-type people in the Bible? Oh, the Nephilim. Nephilim. Listen,
1: I I thought you were getting ready to insult. Did you hear what Demi Lovato said today? (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) So let's not (laughs) insult the extraterrestrials. (laughs) Aliens is a
0: (laughs) derogatory term. You're talking about, I think, Genesis 6. Mm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Nephilim. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Russ, give me your best Nephilim understanding.
1: Um, Well, I'll tell you that with a funny story. Mm. I preached—this is going to sound really old school, but if you're from a religious background— I preached a revival one time. This is like my first year out of high school. And I don't know why I brought the Nephilim, but I brought the Nephilim (laughs) because there are a lot of people think, think, a lot of theologians believe it's uh, the angels came down and had sex with the sons of men. And out of that uh, came this breed called the Nephilim. These like giant, crazy, demonic, Mm -hmm. have spiritual, have physical type beings. And I, I, I don't even know, how do you even bring that into a message? But I brought that into a message in <laughs> wow. the revival service. And it wasn't and, even like the main point. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And let me tell you something. This, before, I'll, if, if Rick's watching this, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Um, in the middle of my message, when I got done making that point, the pastor of the church stood up. I think it's a little bit more out in the country, old school. And goes, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just have to tell you that is not how I view that story. <laughs> and there's a lot uh, of different uh, interpretations. Uh, I just wanted to say that and sat down. <laughs> and, and I had to continue <laughs> speaking. Wait, so. he did that in the middle of the in message? In the middle that's of awesome. the message. That's kind of like Oh, Tim gosh, that's intense. <laughs>
0: that's Why would like you
2: choose that? Something that's not even clear. I it's kind of like know. when
0: Pastor Tim gives you the eye roll when uh, you're speaking. Right. The y- all the time. Like make a point. No, oh, I do not. <laughs>
1: Only uh, when you misquote a, scripture right, and when you look. make something up. <laughs>
0: questioning look to the sky. Right. Like, <laughs> like, uh, uh, <laughs> writes feverishly down. Or, or note you start on doing a verse and he's just mouthing it. <laughs> <laughs> Finish it. You do do that. Finish okay. it for you. Are you telling me no? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Did you have a question <laughs> about the Nephilim? Yeah, what are they? Because
1: you always talk yeah, about the Nephilim. You did. have a tattoo with the Nephilim. I do not. Oh, yeah.
2: the, no one really knows. Okay.
1: I mean, it's just not clear. It. What's your guess? So there are aliens. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think they're aliens? I Is the Holy Spirit I did, extraterrestrial?
2: I do believe, yes.
0: Oh, tell me about that.
2: Well, what does extraterrestrial
0: mean? I don't know. You tell me. I haven't read the books. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not about
2: aliens, but I mean, I guess in my mind, you're saying it's my out mind, of this my world. Mind, my
0: mind, you could consider.
2: <laughs> my mind, you could consider God beyond the this, terrest, this terrestrial, this this the Earth. Absolutely. So to me, mm-hmm. that's
1: the whole. In the all things, and behind all things, no.
2: Okay. No, they got that Plotius wrong. Colossians 1. You got yeah. that wrong. So though. God isn't the universe. <laughs> God is not the universe.
0: So you're saying the universe is telling me to do things?
2: I, the universe might be telling you to do you're things. But that i You're saying God think is love, God. but love isn't God. <laughs> you are confusing. Okay. So that, I, I think that the passage on Nephilim is, is a little, that's just, it's so vague and it's been twisted around. Like, no, it's unclear who the Nephilim were on there. And it just says that when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans, they had children by them. And the Nephilim could have been a group of people, uh, you know, a particular group mm-hmm. of people, you know, whether it's where they were from. It's 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 unclear. I, I, I don't like to speculate. And this too is pre-flood. Much. Yes. So do you believe that there was a flood? I think there's been evidence that would support that there was massive flooding. So, so you especially think that, in that and area. Do you think that's
1: what uh, affected carbon dating? So you no. believe in the shorter theory.
2: Is that what I said? I don't know. I'm asking. I don't think that's what I said.
0: <laughs> so you don't. I think. Believe in I see. Theory. So here's the. So here's Ken Ham <laughs> is a heretic. <laughs> what do you think about Ken
2: Ham? Uh, so here's here's uh, when my, you went to the uh, Ark last week. I had you, have not been. I haven't been to the Ark. Uh, okay. I have not been to see it. Um, I think to that point, I think that is, and that's kind of what I'm trying to speak to a little bit in this series. I think, I think the challenge and the reason why people who um get to a point where we you mentioned like science or certain things when they're Mm -hmm. told don't line up with what they've also been told of the bible Mm -hmm. or of their faith um when when that crossroads happens or an intersection in their life then um that's where people really struggle with Mm -hmm. doubt skepticism Mm -hmm. uh, of you know and i think i think both sides at times throughout human history, have approached it in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm talking about that a little bit in in this upcoming week. Um, both faith and science have both done that. In mm-hmm. the upcoming week that you just preached? No, the upcoming week that I'm going to preach when this airs. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I do think that um, if one of the challenges that, that I – open up this series talking about is one of the well, at least I hope I do but one of the problems it may not be what you need to discover but what you need to be okay with letting go of mm, and that's good. and, I, like and that. I think that um that's for both sides if you would put these on sides I don't like to see faith and science as sides I think that is how that is viewed there is a Poll that was done that said um, it was something between fifty and sixty percent of Americans believe that faith is in, in science are at odds with each other. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Well, you and had I, that whole indoctrination, or pers- uh, you know, the Christians would say of the late '80s, early '90s, mm-hmm. right? That the schools are trying to teach Big Bang, and that's an mm-hmm. opposition. Mm-hmm. Of I'm talking about creationism that.
2: and This I'll be talking about that in week two, the mm-hmm. um, one coming up, and and so. We've what? almost been
0: trained, though, uh-huh. by the church and by science to think that they are at odds. Yeah. Yes, and, that, and
2: that's what I'm saying. But a lot of it goes back to what the nephilim. a lot of it goes back to the nephilim, <laughs> and it it goes. What week are you talking roads, about the nephilim? It all goes,
0: roads go back to. You did a series on the yeah. Nephilim?
2: We're saving that for a future series on the nephilim. <laughs> that's Russ's next. Question. Yes, I'm not touching that one. Um, but when he speaks on it, I'm going to stand up in the middle of it, and I'm going to go. That's not how I know that story. <laughs> next book, right in the middle. I, of Are you a Nephilim? You a, um, a lot of people. A lot of people who have no <laughs> clue what we're right. talking about. The Nephilim. You're gonna have so to, you have a, to go to Genesis 6 Nephilim, to find out. Yeah. Um, I do think that it's it's our it's the way that we hold things that we've been told, and so I do think that within the world of faith, uh, the the way you have been taught to read the scriptures or interpret them, mm-hmm. uh, may stand at odds with some of the things that science has discovered. And so I think, you know, the question is really, are they compatible or are they not? What I've mm-hmm. kind of just in my exploration discovery is that there are multiple ways to, um, to view what Faith gives us if you want to just look at in christian faith the bible there 's different ways of interpreting we mm-hmm. 've seen that there 's different yeah. ways preachers interpret different passages there 's different right. ways of interpreting that right okay same thing with science
0: mm-hmm.
2: there is some scientific evidence that comes out that some things seem more obvious than others, but people basically look at it and go oh yeah that 's what that's I believe that that means this, and someone else goes, No, I actually believe that means this and so um, I think it's a, it's the way it's our perspective. It's the way we're interpreting our, our world, and I do think that there are some there are some traditional things that I were that I was given in in understanding of things from my faith that have to do with science that um, I have probably I would say left a little bit that do not affect my faith in Jesus, do not Mm -hmm. affect my belief, as we're going to talk through about what I understand about scriptures and all of that, Mm -hmm. but it really comes down to what the interpretation that was handed down was given.
1: Or even understand how scripture was written, that it was written not primarily as as a a science book, although God's the one that created everything Mm -hmm. if you believe scripture, but it was written uh, to inform humanity on how to engage with God. So when... Psalm says uh, that God scattered things to the four corners of the earth. It's not because God's confusing how He made it. Yeah, it's that that certain um, parts of Scripture were written in poetic language that yep. uses metaphors. Yeah, in the understanding of the and,
2: and I think that's the big. I mean, a, a big part. You can look at creation. You can start at the beginning. Or you can go all the way to the end, and mm-hmm. the church has been debating the book of Revelation. Right. Is it literal? Is it figurative? Are we really going to have these scorpion-like feature things with tails that come around and are going to start stinging people? Mm. Or are they really are helicopters? They, are they helicopters by Hal Lindsey? Or is it going to be the mark of the beast? Or is it going to be – what is it going to be? That You know, they, you, you really think
0: the helicopters are going to be sent by Lindsey Graham? Hal Lindsey, stop. Okay. Stop. You're confusing so people. Which, so which is more likely? Well, I'm interested to see what week you're talking about this. Who's more likely the Antichrist, <laughs> Donald Aww. Trump, Aww. Barack Obama, mm. or Jeff Bezos, mm. or Bill Gates, mm. or um, what's more likely the Mark of the Beast—the mm. vaccine, or these phones, or we haven't seen it yet? Well mm. week is all that? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. that's week twenty-eight. You're going to give us so that'll be our week permits. twenty-eight. Uh, yeah, I don't go into all of that. That's not—I <laughs> <laughs> have no desire to talk about any but of that to stuff. To me,
0: it's like I, I okay. So I remember—I think I told you this on our podcast. Uh, but my freshman year of college I went to a Catholic school, and I showed my schedule to my baseball coach because he, you know, he'd been there for thirty years. so He's like, if if you're in a class that, you know, I can get you out of because it's hmm. too hard or whatever. Great, great decision from the coach. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> higher learning. Anyway, uh, I had a theology one class and. He's like, you need to get out of the class. I'm like, I'm not getting out of that class. I want to take it. I want to see what this guy's all about. Yeah. And he'd been teaching there for 30 years, had a big white beard, and had a packet, and it was a presentation, basically like the syllabus. Week of the class was him debunking the creationist um, account mm-hmm. of of the Short world, earth. right? Short earth, all that, mm-hmm. and talking. And so for me, I ended up getting out of the class <laughs> because it scared me. I yeah. think honestly, you yeah. know, it was before I'd i had any sort of encounter with Jesus because I think that so many people come into Christianity as oh this is going to make me feel all soft and cozy inside and mm-hmm. we can all hold hands and sing kumbaya together and mm-hmm. you know we'll all be in heaven you mm-hmm. know one day that's just it, it, and I think people come into it like that and are more afraid at least this was my experience even personally more afraid to think critically because we think that that's doubting yeah when I think the more I've walked in this way, is it, critical thinking is probably more like wrestling, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and less like doubting and unbelief. Right. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I,
1: no, I like that because I think, I think there's a shortage of critical thinking in modern Christianity, mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it's uh, it hurts us as people, and then hurts the witness of the church with mm-hmm. the world. And I think um, I heard. Dallas Willard is, I think, just brilliant. You know, he's written a, a ton of books and he's a great thinker and, and Christian writer. And someone said they were in a meeting with him one time and he said, You do realize that Jesus was never afraid to go where truth took him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think, like, it's when, I, it's when my faith in God is the deepest and the most secure that I actually feel free to explore because there's nothing that could ever contradict what Jesus created and what he said. Mm hmm. And yeah. so I shouldn't be afraid of truth just because it might violate orthodoxy I th- I think or the, a traditional way of thinking yeah. or viewing things.
2: I agree. I think the biggest, um, I think the biggest thing that scares people is that, and I think this is why I guess I would tell people to keep in mind is that um, don't think that Richard Dawkins has the truth. Right. I mean, you can say that for any of them. Ken Ham. You can say I don't think any one of them necessarily. Like, this is why it's important. I think to really. Um, I think it's really important to to make sure that you are really listening to sources that are going to present evidence Mm -hmm. for whatever you're kind of wrestling through but is also going to not do it in a you know i want to say in a biased way but i guess we all do like Mm -hmm. you know i mean richard dawkins and you know um, he's going to put stuff out based on what his predetermined end is this is this is what we have Mm -hmm. and i'm going to do the same thing from my perspective Mm -hmm. obviously um and i think it's just important though that you know you you take in i I guess what i said before a variety don't just take in one thing right hey if you you want to listen to some of the things i say that's great feel free if you want to go Mm -hmm. read his book but i'm going to give you a list of other books and say go read these as well right by other scientists biologists chemists you know Mm -hmm. just chemists and other things that also say hey i've looked at the evidence and this is what i've determined Mm -hmm. and here's my argument and why and that's what most of them are and so there is a bit of having to kind of figure out how do i process and how do Mm -hmm. i work through it and um it's it's fascinating to me as i studied a lot of different scientists how many of them when new scientific data came out were so repulsed by the new scientific data that they would just not allow themselves to even go there <laughs> yeah so scientists do that, and so do people of faith mm-hmm. and and so I, I do think that um, in order I, what I have discovered is that some of the some of the traditional views that I was given that I just held to without asking questions about or questioning some of the traditional views on some of these things uh, they they kind of had a lot of holes in them Mm -hmm. when you put that. Uh, As I began to dive into it, began to realize, wait a minute, there is a whole lot of scientific evidence to me that is just so, I mean, it is so blatantly pointing Mm -hmm. to a creator and a God Mm -hmm. that I'm like, why are we afraid of talking about the science? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's the interpretation of it. And so a a great example I gave, by the time people hear this, is, you know, and I, and I think this works both ways, was um, in the church back in um, the 1600s, you know, late 1500s really, it started with Copernicus, you know, when, and I told you this when we, we talked earlier, but, you know, for the longest time, here's a great example of the interpretation. For the longest time, the the church um, had basically adopted this belief that through their interpretation of Scripture that the earth is the center,
0: Mm-hmm
2: Of our galaxy, and that the sun revolves around it. Um, That the sun, you know, God causes the sun to rise in the day and set in the evening. You know, that Mm -hmm. uses different different passages that that look. We're standing still and the sun is moving, and not only from basic observations but also from passages in, in Scripture. So you get Copernicus that comes along in the late 1500s, and he kind of, right now, what's interesting is Copernicus, he puts out um, his, um, his kind of study and his kind of a helocentric model that the sun is the actual center of our galaxy. And, and he does that, fortunately for himself, right before he passes away. You know, he does it toward the end of his life he can't really, you know, you can't, you can't incur too much wrath from the church, which really ran everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, but Galileo who comes along a little mm-hmm. bit later, kind of picks up and he's doing all kinds of studies and things. And he basically comes out and, you know, and says the, you know, the same thing and agrees to it. Well, Galileo incurs the Roman inquisition, you know, in 1616, the Roman inquisition, they basically put him on trial for this, And if he does not choose to recount, recant his beliefs, like, oh, I didn't realize I did that. That was an accident, like in which he kind of does a little bit, um, then he could have faced death.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because we all know that what you're presenting in your right. wicked science is violating what we know to be true. Right. So he, he kind of does recant a little bit. He ends up kind of, they, I think he got sent to prison for a little bit, and then he gets on, like, what some say, house arrest for the rest of his life. Um, and, and then it's not until 100 years later or so that finally a pope comes out and says, he was right, we are revolving around the sun, and the sun is at the center of our galaxy. Science has proven this, and that's not at odds with what we know to be true in Scripture. Right. And so... Th- I, what I want to point out is that that has, that has kept and it has created well i say that has created a massive divide mm-hmm. between faith and science is this what is it it 's been some type of narrative that maybe in in the world of faith we 've held on to thinking that is truth and i 'm not even talking about who Jesus is and all that i 'm just talking about some things that we 've picked up from a single chapter with probably a hundred, I don't know how many words are in Genesis. I didn't count them, but you know, and like that is our science book instead Mm -hmm. of realizing that maybe the way God gave it in revelation, let's say to Moses, if he's credited for writing that, that the way God, John, no, Moses, Moses didn't write revelation. Genesis. That's a revelation. Mm -hmm. Genesis. Sorry. Genesis. Um, The way, the way he would have had that, if you think about it, how God would have had to communicate that to him, Mm. I mean, it, 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 imagine what we know today. Go mm-hmm. back thousands and thousands of years to someone who's not even trained in this, and, and, and you're going to try to communicate the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's in, unfathomable. What are, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? You can't do that. And so, so I, to me, I, I kind of relate it, and I kind of mentioned this in the first week, but I kind of relate it to it's like my daughter, Lauren, when she was asking us, where do babies come from? And it's like, well, uh, you know, they come from the, the mommy, mommy's belly. You know, and it's like for kids, that's a sufficient answer. Mm -hmm. When kids get older and they start learning and they go to health class and it's like, you told me it was, you know, if you don't tell them ahead of time that "Eh, there's a little bit more to that, you know. And so I think what we what I'm trying to say is that there are there are some things that we need to look at contextually and go, hey, maybe this was given so that we could understand that God was behind it all. And Mm -hmm. this is this is what God initiated and did without necessarily saying it has to be mm-hmm. the specifics of what are listed right. in this order. Otherwise it's not true. And you could look at, it. so again, that's a theory. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's creationists that hold to a certain version. They're going to deny that. But what I want to show is that there are other mm-hmm. theories mm-hmm. that Christians, people who love Jesus and believe the truth of the Bible. Well, what are the that, four what, in
1: uh, Driscoll's book?
2: Oh, I don't, I don't know. Well, they're short earth creationist theories there's intelligent design, there's theistic evolution, and
1: I don't know if there's a long earth uh, creation in theory. So, I don't but, so basically, is there a
2: fourth one? I don't remember a fourth the, one. I know there's three. A theologian came out
1: with a book on doctrine a while ago that gave basically um, four options mm-hmm. um, to, uh, of scientific ways to view Genesis and the creation of the world. Yeah. I don't remember what fourth one was, I remember three
2: of the four. Mm. And so I, I may in one of the weeks just kind of talk about just very briefly that, that there's that. And so what I think it is is there's space in there. There's space to, to, to kind of say, hey, this could mean this. Mm-hmm. And how does that align yeah. up with what we know from science? And, so you're saying what we could have called this
0: series is health class for Christians.
2: <laughs> yeah. We're not going into biology that much, just one week. Right. Just what the the about nephilim? just one week called Nevermind the Nephilim? Mind the Nephilim. Never Mind the nephilim. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyways, it's, it's going to be. I think if people have questions, one of the things that we're offering for them to do, I'm still figuring out a format because I'm just, I'm just touching this a little bit, but they can text the word origins to 94,000. Mm-hmm. And I think if you have friends that have questions and people that, like, I, I, first of all, I'm not an expert in all these areas. I've just done my own study for myself personally, what I bought. And so I'm just going to be sharing kind of like my journey. Mm -hmm. Through that and what I understand of these, there's definitely people who are far smarter in specific fields than I am. But I also found you can be really, really smart in the world of physics and miss things completely Mm -hmm. because you're so entrenched in physics and your preconceived ideas, just Mm -hmm. like I can in certain things, too. And so, I mean, that's that's kind of. I don't know. That's kind of like my take. I'm not an expert and I'm not guaranteeing to get everything right. That's for sure. No, no, no. But I'm going to do my best stab at it and, and walking through where can these things intersect?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Where where can how can I answer this question where did the universe come from? Mm-hmm. What are my options that we have today of a lot of smart people over thousands of years that have that have coming from Aristotle, you know, from Aristotle who said that the uh, the sheer fact that there's a universe demands an explanation. Mm-hmm. You know, so so starting from from that, like, what are my options? And we'll talk about that in week two. Mm. What are my options for how I can see that the universe came to be? There's really, in my mind, there's a theistic and an atheistic slash materialistic mm-hmm. worldview when it comes to that. And we're going to kind of break those two apart and kind of see what each one says and how valid and how do they hold up. That's good.
0: Mm. I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. I, it's fun. never been. More it's going to be, be very certain...
2: different. Let me just say this. For those who are—so if anybody listens to this podcast after week one who's used to going to church, they're going to be a little freaked out. But you,
0: you are good at packaging these things in a way that yeah. people can understand them in mm. a I way. I will
2: make it so hopefully people understand. I'm just saying if people who are very used to church and have been going to church for a long time, this is going to, in a few different ways, this is going to confront— a sense of traditionalism that you bring, which is, hey, I'm, I'm doing this on purpose, so this will be after the first week this podcast comes out, but I'm not using the Bible at all in the first <gasps> week. Oh. So, so for some, let me, let, me, let me just say why, because I'm not probably going to have an opportunity to necessarily say why. Again, I'm re- we're recording this podcast early, um, but that's my plan. I've got it done and what I plan on doing. Part of the reason why I wanted to do that is if you're going to ask this question, where did God come from? Um, I, I just I want people, I want Christians to think, mm-hmm. when you're having a conversation with somebody who is not, mm-hmm. your Bible is not a valid argument. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, my Bible says it, yeah. so that settles it. It's just circular reason. you know. And as it's, it's you can't, you can, I'm just saying I'm not saying you can't say that. You might feel that way, and we're going to talk about can we you know where did the bible come from and what can we trust the bible we're going to talk about that in the last week but what i'm saying is you can't get into a conversation who does with somebody who does not believe in god mm-hmm. and say well this book is inspired by that god and it's true and because of that i believe and if you don't then something's wrong with you i just think that we we need to we need to, as, as as a person of faith i need to i want to be able to have really good honest and intelligent conversations mm-hmm. with people that don't believe in God, mm-hmm. and I want to be able to have an honest conversation with them about things that they're thinking about and talking about. And so I'm kind of intentionally taking that first week to not use any passages from the Bible to lay out what I think are some very valid reasons for what I why I believe that God exists. Mm-hmm. And I think, if anything, if people will if people will open up their mind and their heart a little bit in this series without fear that I'm going to lose something really important and I'm somehow not going to be a Christian and something's going to, you know, through this, because that's not going to happen. Yes. That's not that's not my intent. That's not what's happened with my journey. Like, I, I think if they do and they kind of hold some things that we have, that I'm not saying the are most important with a tight fist, but you open up your hands a little bit and mm-hmm. say, I think people are going to be surprised that that you can – you can actually have a very, very thoughtful conversation with people that maybe don't believe like you do without even invoking the Bible. Mm-hmm. There's a lot with reason, logic, mm-hmm. uh, science that, are, that point to it. I love it. So it's, it's going to be an interesting—so I, I wanted to tell people that are like, I will have some passages from the Bible in weeks to come. Okay, I just want to <laughs> say that because in, when we get to the last week of it, It's all going to be about the Bible. So I just want to say, like, for those who are freaking out and who are, like, upset about that, just relax. These are not, these first ones, these are not, actually, none of these really are what I would call sermons. Mm -hmm. When we do messages or sermons, they're usually based out of the Bible. All of what I'm doing for this entire series is giving us, like, how do we approach Mm -hmm. these big questions about God, Mm -hmm. about faith, and about science. And so there will be stuff from the Bible, but I am not considering these sermons Mm -hmm. or messages. And that's what people are used to. So I I just, I'm throwing that out there for anybody who's freaked out.
0: And I'm excited for this table to be an extension of those conversations, Mm -hmm. I think, for the weeks to come. So why don't you do that? If you're listening, you have any questions like I do about the Nephilim and still do, still don't have answers. I will not be answering any questions um, about the Nephilim. We'll get that. Uh, maybe we can talk to Russ's old pastor yeah. and he can uh, give us a better <laughs> interpretation. So, text your questions to Origins. Text Origins. To 94,000. Mm-hmm. And we would love to discuss those more in depth. We'll prepare, uh, these guys will prepare answers uh, for mm-hmm. you. He's coming I love enjoyment. that. So, I am removing myself from this conversation just to. Maybe we'll have even fun.
2: address some questions if somebody <laughs> wants to email into the podcast about this topic.
0: Yeah, you can do, that. You do that. Podcast. do that, we'll address them here. At the X Church, And I'm excited for the next couple weeks to come, so it's going to be really fun. It is. Thanks to you. Whoa, let me try that again. Thank you all for, uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, you all. <laughs> Thank you all. For coming to uh, this episode of the X Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. Everybody subscribes, likes, follows, shares, all these episodes. Oh, my gosh, you're the best. And we'll see you for next week.